Are churches actually ready to open? We're also going to talk the state of movies. I'm Joe. I'm Josh. You got questions? You're feeling grounded. It never gets old. John Cena! (laughs) Welcome to Feeling Grounded with your hosts, Josh and Joe. Oh, man. How you doing, Joe? Dude. I am on cloud nine right now. You know, I no longer have the, I no no longer have the mullet, you know, it's Mm. gone. Uh, The the beard still looks like, uh, I look like a crackhead. Uh, Just, just (laughs) from, just at the chin. Luckily, uh, I am putting on a significant amount of beard oil, which if Mm. there's no, there's no itch, there's nothing going on there. Cause if I did have a lot of an itch, I'd be, you know. Yeah. I love me some good beard balm. That's my thing. That's what I always use. I use that mainly on the mustache. Right. Um, but probably what I'm going to end up doing uh, as this grows out a little bit longer, mm-hmm. I, I probably am going to have to extend that to the rest of the beard too. I see. Are you, so you're doing this for the year, right? You're doing the year, the yeard challenge. The year challenge. I do it again. Yeard. Uh, no 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 not again you hate those sounds i do i hate mouth sounds i remember when uh gosh what was it the michael jackson song (laughs) what what, what about which one is that one like okay just i don't know just like even like when people are like whispering or talking quietly it just uh gets me going so anytime like any movie character makes any whispering sounds i got that right it just makes you cringe a little bit yeah, I guess so. I guess well, so. before I go into Michael Jackson, are you a fan of Harry Potter? I, I oh, I have not seen any of them. I have not read the books. I know, but, like the I, I understand the premise, but I'm not even talking about the plot. There's just okay. one thing. I don't know which movie it happens in. Mm-hmm. Um, but Harry's mother, of course, is dead. Sorry, it's it's been out for like 20 years. People, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, the mom is like, Mama loves you, Harry. <laughs> See, I, I couldn't control that. I couldn't control that. I just, I had to cringe. <laughs> it's just within me. I can't Mama, do it. Mama loves you, Harry. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll try to counteract yeah, it. I'll, to... I'll be, I'll be like Hagrid right now, just to counteract and balance it out. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> You're a Harry. You're a Harry wizard. wizard. <laughs> All right. But anyway, back to Michael Jackson with yeah. his naturally so you used to abuse me with this constantly <laughs> when we lived together all those years ago back in the 50s <laughs> when michael jackson was alive <laughs> <laughs> the math's wrong there <laughs> the um so what's the song called can't stop till you oh, get enough don't, or don't stop till you get enough that's the uh, one where Right from the intro, you know, where you have that, you know, synthetic <laughs> bass line, burp, <laughs> and then you have Michael Jackson. You know, I was, I was wondering, because the force, it's got a lot of, power. it's got a lot of power. You make me feel like, you make me feel like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> No, that's so bad. I don't know why people think. Don't stop digging. Oh. 
Do you have you ever heard? Um, I don't know. This is weird, but like ASMR stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it was. I know it was popular. I don't know, like five. Oh, years still ago. is. Oh, oh still, still is. is. Oh my gosh, yeah. I watched a video. Not. Of, not I watch it for a guilty video. pleasure. For guilty oh, pleasure, sometimes I watch it just to make fun of it. But anyway, yeah, continue. I, I watched somebody making fun of it, and it was my first experience. I was like, "Oh, what's this? I don't know what this is." And then yeah. just hearing people like eating food in a microphone is like so disgusting. I don't know. It's supposed to like relax you, but for me, it's like it's the worst thing ever. I hate it so much. <laughs> One of the uh, things that really makes me just cringe a little bit, but I still like to make fun of it. Um, honestly, I have the podcast microphone here, so I probably could make a career out of it because it's <laughs> like, I'll, I'll tell you this. It's called, uh, like they've got two categories. They've got girlfriend ASMR and they've got boyfriend ASMR. Oh. And now a lot, of, a lot of people seem to gravitate towards this stuff because you have, j just take for instance, they watch me on YouTube just with, with my microphone, just as if I'm talking to the person watching the screen, like a supposed romantic partner, but I'm saying um, all these romantic things. Kind of like a role-playing thing. Hello, my love. Happy, <laughs> happy Saturday. Oh, I hate this. Did, did you dream about anything? <laughs> yeah? Yeah? No. I, I had a dream about you. Why? We were we were on a beach together. Oh, do, do you? Do, I I made you this cup of coffee. <laughs> do, 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 I, you, what? You you don't like it? No. But I made it for you with with love and care. I hated it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. No more. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm that's, literally. This is the most uncomfortable I've ever been. Well, here's the thing. I feel like you've got the voice for it, so you probably couldn't listen to it, but you could mm. make it. I wonder. Could I like rub my beard into the microphone? Would that work? <laughs> I'm just like. Yeah. I'll I'll try it with mine. Oh no! <laughs> I can't hear it. I can't wait to I can't wait to listen to the playback. Uh, I'm sorry, people. Don't don't click away. <laughs> so, oh man, this is this is getting out of hand, Joe. What is happening? <laughs> Found a new pod. This is how we're gonna podcast from now on. We're gonna do things that are gonna make Josh very uncomfortable. That's <laughs> what so we're gonna do. We'll call this the I don't even know the cringe hour. <laughs> How to make Josh run a runaway, <laughs> cry in this corner back here. You know, it's another good ASMR, I'm sure. Oh, no. Uh, like sipping. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Happy Crappy. You want to start with uh, Crappy? Yeah, start with Crappy. All right, you go first. Go. I'll go first. Mm -hmm. uh, I think just what you just did right now. <laughs> <laughs> my week was great until you just did that. <laughs> with, with my lovely sounds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll, we'll do something else. Actually, I didn't really have one. I was trying to think of like good. ways that this. I was trying to think so a lot. I, I was definitely overreaching. Right. So um, I will say. I had a really early morning a couple mornings ago and that sucked. The babies woke up at like five. 
Well, like four thirty actually. Oh man. And then I had to wake up. That was pretty. That was pretty poopy, <laughs> as they say. Oh man. Um... <laughs> On top of the the ASMR, it's, you just it's, uh, it's, it's it's a crap. It's it's a crappy day, literally. Pleasured my ears with. I've been graced. Uh, all all the all the scents, you know, all the scents too, and all the five mm. senses, they're all penetrated by this crappy. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, but. All right, Joe, you got it. Uh, all right, my crappy. Uh, I, it all came down to two. I had my COVID shot about a week ago, and all mm. I had, thankfully, were aches. But aches are and, and chills. Probably chills are the worst. But I had the aches, and that mm. was it. It was actually kind of minor, so it wasn't really that much of a crappy. Um, and then probably lastly, this happened in the last two days. It's gotten a lot colder where I'm at. Um, and that kind of tiptoed into my place. So mm. it hasn't been just, I, I like sleeping in hot, like mm. warmth. Not a lot of people do, but yeah, I was, I was, I was sleeping in cold last night. And when you sleep in cold, like I wake up in the middle of the night, I, uh, mm. gotta grab some more blankets, more clothes or something. Sometimes it just doesn't do it because like my feet just it all starts with the feet. Like they just stay cold. Right. They like yeah. decide they like decide for you. Like I'm not just gonna stay cold. <laughs> so I'm the complete opposite. I need the cold in order to sleep. Like if I'm hot, I just cannot fall asleep. So that you know, I have an AC going like all year round. And even I remember in college we would I would literally open the windows and it would be like one, two time just because I, I, I needed the cold so I could sleep. But that's just how I am. You seem like the type that'll still in winter wear sandals. <laughs> no, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. No. But do you, I did, do you remember? I did, that, Actually, I did that once in college. You wore sandals in, during winter? In winter, yep. Oh, very cool. Do you remember my room and the apartment that we had the this was like the worst of yep, worst yep. time of my life the <laughs> the go. gosh oh no what's, what's that thing called i'm having a blank radi the radiator was broken and so it was always on high because the twisty thing was broken mm -hmm. and so my room was like 100 degrees this, I had a little tiny room that was like maybe slightly bigger than my office. I was just a little bit bigger than yours and I lived on the top yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah, but the radio was broken. It was broken. And I was always <laughs> so hot. I had to push my bed up into the window and I would like curl up to the window with it open and I would be like almost naked, like <laughs> slaying there. And I remember this one night you wanted to talk to me and I had gone to bed already and you opened the door <laughs> and here I am laying just... <laughs> Like in, in your drawers my drawers <laughs> like yeah it's a good time <laughs> we still had that conversation we just we did we i mean I, I put clothes on and it, oh you did <laughs> did we get to... no i just i just sat up and was like <laughs> <laughs> josh i need something for oh open the door and I'm just lying on my bed sweating in your own sweaty my, filth my, my drawers looking over at you like, anyways so happies want to do some happies yeah that, that was a pretty happy moment <laughs> for both of us yeah all right what do you got um all right so I'm on break now which is awesome Easter break I finished on Wednesday and I've been on break ever since so the past couple of days I've been spending 
finishing up the house because we're closing on Monday, Easter mm -hmm. Monday. So I've been cleaning and doing, which I love. I love to clean, especially deep cleaning. It's like the best feeling in the world. Um, so we've done that. And yeah, and, I'm, and all this next week, I'm off, which is really cool. That's awesome, so I'll be, man. I'll be home relaxing with the kids and well, with all the, the my in-laws, be with them because we're moving out. Are and you staying good. with the in-laws for just a limited time until you? For a while, yeah, until mm -hmm. summer probably, until we get the okay. closing on our new home, which Sweet. will be probably June. Are you still going to keep that uh, bed frame that I love so much? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're yes. keeping that bed frame. We are. Now, we've been using it. Eli, Eli's been using it because it's a good toddler bed because we turn it against the wall and then it's kind of oh. like has a big, the tall, the back of it. Yeah. Keeps him from jumping out. So we've been oh. using that for him for the time being. But, it kept yeah. me from jumping out because he, he, for people <laughs> listening, it's like the guest room bed. Mm, it was... It's a, it's a nice bed. It's really nice. We had a really nice king size. There's two twin beds uh, when you lay it out. We had a nice king size uh, memory foam on it. That was called. It was called. Well, I'm really happy that you've got that. I, that's probably the thing I'm most looking forward to the next time I come down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we if uh, Eli's not using it anymore. But we'll see what happens. Oh, I'm gonna fight the, him um... for it. I'm gonna fight him for it. <laughs> Let's kick him out of his room. And you'll... <laughs> oh, that's in his, his room. room. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's in his room. Yeah. Um. Yes, yeah, so that's my happy mom break, which is a great feeling. It's good. I'm gonna get a lot of stuff done. Um. All right. Speaking of babies, of infants, um, my my sister had just given birth. That's right. Um, so baby Ellie is Nat. Thank you. Uh, so I'm going to be meeting her tomorrow. Oh, that's the best. Um, it's going to be basically the first time that I'm seeing my sister. I only saw her once last year, once or twice last year. And so it's going to be like the reunion of like epic proportions with like a new member of my family. Nice. That's so great. Um, that's and so it's going to, and it's going to be so weird. Cause I wasn't there. Cause I, cause I couldn't be, uh, for the birth. And you know, seeing that happen, so it's going to take a while. It takes a while for me to set set in, like, to, to when I see new things for it to finally like settle into my mind. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, that that occurs with deaths in the family. It takes me a while mm -hmm. to like just have that wrap Process, around, or even, or even right. like big things. Of course, um, like weeks, sometimes even months, um, to be like, oh my gosh, so this is this is the new normal. Not not a bad thing. Like it's just it takes a while for it to like. Wow, this is how it's always been, and then it's coming to the new thing. Like she's a beautiful baby. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I'm the same way. It takes me all the process, different you know, information and changes and all that. So, feel you. Well, that's so great. I'm so happy for you. Are your parents going too? I'm assuming probably right. They aren't because they aren't fully vaccinated yet. Oh, um, okay. but they will be in the next week and a half. So we might all get together. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. There you go. There you go. Very cool. It's time for the news. Apparently in the United States, uh, U.S. churches are open, but they have reservations, of course. And what I also want to compare this to later on is that certain churches, you know, in the Philippines and in Ireland, there's basically banning on, on worship services. Um, and I kind of want to get your initial thoughts on that. Sure, sure. Yeah, just that the concept of banning, like banning services, you mean? Yeah, so, you know, I kind of lived in this. I work at a church and so the initial response was was you know 
I think everyone was so afraid and didn't didn't know what to expect from this COVID thing. Whatever people were saying, like, oh, like everyone, I I feel like everyone thought this was going to be like the end. You know, like everyone was going to get the sick, it was be like a new, new like a new plague, and like um, people just everyone's going to die. Like, uh, so we were so afraid, and so mm-hmm. everyone just jumped to that concept of like, well, we need to, everyone just needs to stay inside and quarantine, and um, you know, the stay at home orders came out and and all that, and then yeah, church services you couldn't couldn't go to church because no one really knew what to expect. So there's two two feelings about this, right? Mm-hmm. The first is, yeah, we didn't we don't know what this is. Let's be thoughtful to everyone around us. We don't want to spread this. We want to like keep everyone safe and healthy, and all those who could potentially, um, you know, get sick and die, or you know, the elderly and all that stuff. And they tend to be more so the church going people. Um, so yeah, let's just do this for them, you know, whatever. And then there's that other the second train of thought that says, well you're impeding on our religious freedom. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that we have a right to uh, going to church and, you know, a right to practice our faith and religion. And if we, if these services are closed, therefore, you know, we're not able to do that. Um, so that, that, that two, you know, those two trains of thought, which are valid, valid thoughts. So I think that's why this was kind of a weird time because no one knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. And no one really realized that our rights were being impeded upon because in, but we almost were like okay with that reality saying well mm-hmm. if, if it's to save lives um then great we're willing to bend that knee because it is something that is important yeah, yeah but then i feel like as time went on people started realizing well this isn't quite the new what we new play, what we initially you know, what we thought it would be so and then they started looking at these things saying well we didn't haven't lifted the restrictions yet people haven't mm-hmm. come back yet there's maybe this you know, we shouldn't have this discussion saying, yeah. well, listen, it's not as bad as we initially thought it was. So mm-hmm. maybe we should go back to churches being open. Oh. Yeah. So what I have heard in California uh, is that back in February, the Supreme Court had this ruling overturning California's initial like public health order ban, banning indoor worship. Yet still, there's like they have restrictions on singing and you know caps on attendance, and I think most services have caps on attendance. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at this point in time, like Easter is tomorrow. By the time people watch this, Easter would have already happened. Um, you know, people are getting vaccinated more. You know, Easter, most important holiday. It's a symbolic uh, day for you know Jesus's resurrection, uh, mm-hmm. and it's the return right now because a year ago people would have online services or no service at all. Um, and this is a return right now. People are pushing for this because it's the return of return, return, return of, of something <laughs> slightly more normal. People didn't have this last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think, you know, people were excited at that prospect of, of returning mm-hmm. and coming back. And I definitely am. I definitely am. You know, I'm excited to go back to Easter tomorrow and to be with my family and for us all to go and, and, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's just, there's, there's two levels of, of things like, like, you know, I had mentioned, and I'm just kind of wondering when people are going to make those realizations and, and all this stuff. Now, I don't know the, the situation what was the, was the Philippines, right? Philippines was the word. Yeah. So Philippines, you know, 90% of that population is Christian. Right. Yeah. So I know there's a big population. It's, um, it's, it's really interesting because public worship is banned at this mm. point in time. I don't think it was before, but for Easter right now, because there's an uptick in service, that's would initial that would make any person mad. Yeah. I <laughs> because think so. of what because of what came before since so that's happened so quick. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But regulations, going back to the United States, it varies state by state, of course. Uh, but many authorities I've noticed seem reluctant, what I've heard, seem reluctant to enfor- enforce these new rules set in place. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, yeah, that, that makes sense. That so makes it's sense. up it's up to churches and and you have also businesses too. I'm going away from the religious standpoint. Um churches and businesses are deciding for themselves what is safe. Um and I feel like they should. I feel like which, they should, yeah. you know. You, you just get you get well informed enough so you can make that decision for yourself. I think that's I think that's great. I think that's great. You know. Which was not our initial impression back when this um the second wave happened around late summer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, because everyone thought. And um, also in January, too, there was like a really big surge in January. Mm. The um, Right at following the holidays. Yeah, yeah, following the holidays. But then they realized that the mortality rate was going down, that mm-hmm. the, it wasn't killing people mm-hmm. as much, you know, yeah. which is obviously a very good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so then I think that's when people, because I remember here where I am, it like spiked like crazy the highest numbers even when we were when everyone was afraid like back in you know last april um it was way beyond that and i I kept having that thought of like well why are people doing anything about this Mm -hmm. um but then i realized oh it's because people aren't dying as much as they were yeah Um, i'm wondering if anything is going to change because covid infections have Brought, been brought up uh, to about 19, 20% in the last 20 days. So right. I'm wondering if anything else will change. I mean, timing is everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Easter right now. So hopefully most people will be able to attend. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm kind of under this feeling of like herd immunity, right? So yep. if you get it, you get the antibodies and you're good to go, at least from what we can see um, beyond that. I think you know a lot of the science is new, so we're not even sure um all of that and i'm just kind of under the impression that like well uh, i don't know it, it's 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 a tough thing to to to, to walk because you don't want to like save people's lives or expend them because they're not they're not yeah. so you always have to be careful um with this kind of we, we just need everyone to get the vaccine i think and i wish that there would be like incentive incentivize it and say like yeah. listen if you have the vaccine you can live your regular life you can take your mask off you can go you don't need to socially distance because i wish they would say that so I feel like then everyone would jump to get it, you know. And would there then... be any backlash to that? What's that? Would there be any backlash to that, you think? I don't know. To that well, incentivizing. It doesn't have to be that type of incentive, but... Mm-hmm. Uh... But yeah, the concept of incentivizing the vaccine. I think probably because then at least a lot of people that are very... can't Don't trust the government and stuff that say and like the, the CDC. So if they were to come out and say something like that, maybe they would be afraid by you know of course they would say this like the government body it's powerful mm-hmm. and um yeah i don't know i mean i would if they if they went out because i haven't gotten it yet i plan on getting it but i would be more motivated to get it if they were yeah. like yeah if you get this go back to regular life i would get it tomorrow you know that's naturally how it works i mean i'm bringing it back to since you're a teacher as well to um incentivizing for kids i, I know we're comparing ourselves to kids but you know at this point, uh, if there was some type of incentive, just like you incentivize something for a student, they're more mm-hmm. likely to do it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because if we, we, we just it's like innate for us to like like a reward, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so if you said that, like, hey, 
if you, you can be with family and friends, go traveling again, like have no fear, mm-hmm. get this thing, then um, everyone would do it, I think. Yeah. So. Maybe people, uh, I'm only wondering if this gains any traction mm-hmm. with incentivizing, just say in some hypothetical universe, you might have some people saying on uh, the magical land of Twitter, uh, they would say like, well, that might mutate the virus more <laughs> and <laughs> i know we, we laugh at this but this is like could actually happen like we can see this like <laughs> we're, we're paving the way we're giving them ideas yeah exactly twitter <laughs> is just a pile of garbage like that's it's a burning pile of garbage the, and the, to- looking the, to- at the it. toilet bowl yeah yeah and everyone's watching it and everyone's seeing this massive dump burn and that's just uh anyways most likely they're all bots anyway um yeah yeah. but in in addition to uh going back to california uh in one church harvest rock in pasadena um one of the churches um their pastor cheon he played a hand with overturning uh california's like that that public ban and what they're doing for easter which i find interesting they're doing an easter egg hunt they've done like a bunch of things like for easter weekend typically in years past. Um, and like I said before, like people have not had this last year, many, many people, um, but they're not doing a lot of elaborate things except for this Easter egg hunt, but they mm. are saying for their service, uh, we are singing no matter what masks are apparently uh, optional. I don't know. What do you think about that too? Uh, it seems like it's a little bit defying defiance, but also mm. um, with, at the same time, many authorities seem to be reluctant about rules being in place uh and churches and businesses are deciding for themselves right yeah i think that man i look at places like texas and florida right Mm -hmm. where there's like no restrictions now Mm -hmm. and they're doing really well you know people aren't the the numbers are going down people aren't dying people aren't really getting sick anymore and so in my mind it's like well why does how does that make sense so we had spent all this time saying you need to socially distance, you need to not go out, you, need, you have to wear a mask, you have to do all this stuff. And then you get locations where they're not doing any of that mm-hmm. and they're fine, you know? Yeah. And that's just interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So my mind says like, well, if it's fine there, then why why is it so bad anywhere else, you know? Yeah. Um, why do we have to do it if they don't have to, yeah. you know? It's like being a kid again, like this, you know, like if I, hey, if they get candy, I should get candy. Yeah. Okay. So, so, hey, what the heck, man? I don't want to, I feel like I'm getting slighted here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't know. But then you get like population density and, you know, whatever, all that other stuff. But um, yeah, more power to them, you know, do your thing, man. If you want to have a church service and not wear masks and sing, go for it, go for it. Because it's a public, they're, they're going to argue that it's a public declaration of worship. It does bring people together. It makes them feel um, that sense of community. Yeah, and, and you're giving people hope again, and you're giving people joy, and just to see everyone's faces and to be lifted together in song. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's uplifting and just, just going to church in general, like that mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's good. I think they should. They have the right to do that. There is power in community, especially in mm-hmm. people that you have never met before that are trying to find a new location, find mm-hmm. a new church. When they meet new people, they're more likely to come. Yeah, exactly. Because that, that's what we are. It's within us to be communal. Like we're, you know, that's 
who we are as people. Even even me, like I'm the most one of the most introverted, reserved people, but I still recognize my need for community. I still need mm-hmm. people around me yep. sometimes, even though it doesn't take me long to get tired of them and want to go back home and fall asleep. But um, I, you still need that. You still yep. need that. It's important. Yeah. You need the healthy balance. Exactly. So so I guess what we can say, we can leave this off on a happy note saying, let's hope for the future. I'm still feeling like this the summer. I'm hoping that restrictions will go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I, I think it's hopeful and more people get, need to get vaccinated. And then after that, man, we'll, we can go back to our regular lives. Mm. So The future is inevitable, but let's travel back in time. Timeline, let's do it. So okay. this day in music, April 3rd, my year is 1964 here. So Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. uh, at this point, it was uh, his first appearance on the UK charts with the song, The Times Are Changing, I believe. Mm-hmm. And this was an anthem basically for the decade. And he was he had that in mind to be the anthem of the 1960s because that was a, a pivotal change yeah. socially, uh, politically, Uh, And then what happened, yeah, economically too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then what happened 20 years after in 1984, this doesn't, this isn't April uh, 3rd anymore, but that song was used by a younger Steve Jobs. Uh, He actually recited the second verse of that song uh, in his opening when he was unveiling to Apple shareholders, the Macintosh computer. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. He was a legend. He did a lot of stuff for... Mm -hmm. That time period you know it's one of those like public icons that really did a lot and changed music and all kinds of stuff i still have my uh i have this old ipod nano it says four gigabytes on here but we tweaked it a little bit to make it like 100 gigabytes or something like oh, that nice. um like an sd card or something yeah something like that and then i have the old ipod classic like the one that holds twenty five thousand songs Wow, crazy. I, I was crazy. able to sneak in 26,000. I'm going to try and get more on there. I think you have to send it someplace. Mm. But yeah, um, this, okay, thing well, is, can... this thing is uh, an ancient dinosaur. But I <laughs> a dinosaur. Love it. Claire, my wife, she has one, like an orange one. I forget what it's. The I Nano? Think it was, I think so. It was the with, Nano. With, but it has video capability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that one. I found it because when we were, we were moving, um, and it's still we had we haven't used it in years honestly uh-huh. since we moved to this house, and um, it was still on and the battery was still like halfway full like <laughs> and it was on it was on the whole time the whole time so and I just like last... flipped the dial I don't know if it goes into sleep mode or something maybe probably sleep probably the past like two or three years the battery was still like basically full <laughs> I I didn't turn it on it was on and I don't know how it works but. It's just like, wow, like this battery is so good. <laughs> but anyway, so piggybacking off of you, off of Steve Jobs, look at this. April 3rd, 1973. The first portable cellular telephone made its first call. Wow. Do you know where to? It was in Manhattan, Manhattan, New York to, I don't know what the second location was, but it was from Manhattan. And it was by the Motorola company, which I have a phone right now, a crappy phone from that same company, Motorola. Don't sponsor us because you're garbage. (laughs) But (laughs) we'll never get sponsored by them now. That's okay. I wouldn't want to be. 
but yeah, they made the first phone call from a portable cell phone. And it was, it's like this big honking thing that the guy's like smiling, cheesing as he's holding this like massive thing. It's like this giant, it's just like, hello. <laughs> but yeah, 1973, first phone call. Pretty cool. I have nothing to segue off of that like you did. That, that, smooth <laughs> that was, was pretty good, right? That was a good that, segue. That was, that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> king, king of the segues. Um, all right. This one has to do with film and TV, so nothing to do with cell phones. But you know the magazine TV Guide? This happened in 1953. Their first ever issue of TV Guide, it had in its first issue. You know, I Love Lucy stars. You know, Lucille Ball, Desi Arnaz. They were a real-life couple. Uh, their first, their, their baby, the first issue had their baby on the front cover. Wow. Yeah. I That's love, cool. I love Lucy. Uh, yeah, so I did is, too. Yeah. My favorite episode, I have the whole first season I got when I was like in fourth grade, the whole first season. My favorite episode is the one where Lucy does the TV commercial. Mm. Uh, real famous one where she's denied because she wants to do the commercial, but her husband, Ricky Ricardo, says you can't just because that's who he was. He just didn't want to be embarrassed by her because she's a pretty eccentric person right. or character, I should say. And then <laughs> she gets on there. She finds out and, you know, basically shoes the other girl who was supposed to be the TV girl mm. commercial lady. And it's a commercial for the product Vitamita Vegemin, like vitamin <laughs> Veg, veggies all within right. a bottle of uh not a protein drink i think it's actually like some supplement i, I don't know whatever but apparently it has 23 percent alcohol in there so she has to <laughs> put it into the spoon dip it on and then just taste it for multiple takes on end until as the <laughs> as the scene goes on because they all filmed it it seemed like in one take it seemed to be maybe i'm wrong mm -hmm. she gets drunk <laughs> I remember that. Did she start hiccuping and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Because she has this just, big spoon. And ruins and she... her lines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then by the end of Showtime, she doesn't even do the commercial. She just ruins Ricky Ricardo's musical dance number and just shoot off the stage. It was perfect. Perfect episode. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Very nice. Very so that's nice. TV. Uh, Lucille Ball uh, and Desi Arnaz there, uh, 1953, April 3rd. Nice. So it's their child, right? Yep. Um, does anybody read? This is kind of my segue into that. So I'll be the king of segues. Is uh, <laughs> does anybody like read magazines anymore? Um, probably. Okay. I would imagine. I mean, I don't really in my own life. I get like some sent to me, but I don't subscribe to them. It's usually mm -hmm. like family members that are like, yeah, you should read this. And the magazine that I love to read, of course, is National Geographic. I love their history, oh, yeah. those articles. I love anything mm -hmm. history, but yeah. what I still see, like when I go into a Walmart or a Target, when I'm just, I, I get a couple things there. I don't mm -hmm. really go to Walmart that often because it's mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. Too not too great, not too great. But I, when I'm there, I see all of these magazines, like National Enquirer. I look at all these like <laughs> clickbait headlines. Like if you, this is before YouTube had with their clickbait articles. Mm -hmm these were clickbait articles yeah, yeah so yeah, what yeah. i thought we should do is take a look at all of the greatest clickbait titles from national Enquirer. <laughs> i would love that joseph i would love that 
It might not be National <laughs> Enquirer, but it's tabloid headlines, okay? Actually, I'm going to share in a different fashion. All right, desktop. Let's do it. Okay. All right, hopefully you can see me. Can you see it? I can. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, that's from Star Wars Episode Nine. That movie sucks. Don't watch <laughs> it. Is. Don't watch right. them. Don't watch any of those movies. <laughs> All right. The greatest tabloid headlines ever. So I've only seen the first one and okay. Josh has seen none of them. I have seen none of them. Okay. Finally, a believable tabloid headline. Alien Bible found. They worship Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I've seen. God shows up in mall. Freaky Good Friday. <laughs> All right. Next one. Very nice. All right. Um, tabloid nightmares. Gordon Ramsay sex dwarf eaten by eaten badger. By badger. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? It's just like a Photoshop of his face or something. Like, what is well, that? that guy, it's not really Gordon Ramsay. It looks like a scrunched up face of Gordon oh, Ramsay. Oh, there's some, yeah, there's some. <laughs> wow. Sex dwarf eaten by badger. Oh my gosh. How the tides have turned. Fat cat owns 23, 23 old ladies. <laughs> Look at that Photoshop, man. Nothing can be better. It's like it's like that Photoshop video uh, or photo I did of us yeah, yeah, a couple yeah, days yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm basically just as good as these people making these headlines. You know, you know, if I went into a store and saw that, I probably would buy you that. Probably I would buy probably would buy that one. <laughs> Like, I would want to know the story. I've never looked inside, but I imagine read, it must be, like, awesome. Read the top of that. It says, Tubby Tabby Rules Retirement Roost. What's that even mean? <laughs> Say that five times fast. Tubby Tabby Rules Retirement Roost. Tubby Tabby so, Rules tab, Retirement Roost. Oh. <laughs> nice. uh, all right, next. Do they say top ten? All right, Saddam and Osama adopt shave ape baby. <laughs> what? <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. That's horrifying. One hey, look at the look at the plus in there. Look at the plus in there. Where, where found. Oh, found hair, hair from, from God's beard. DNA test prove it's prove for real. It's for real. <laughs> and who's this, just like, who is oh, this guy? Who is this person? I have no it's idea. Supposed it's to like, represent God, a, but it looks it looks like um Nostradamus. It looks like Nostradamus. Well, maybe that's what it is. It's actually Nostradamus's beard, and then they claim that these, yeah, these yeah. people definitely think that Nostradamus is God. Oh my goodness! Nothing to sneeze at. Man's 174 mile sneeze Pro blows hours. wife's hair off. What is this? This is so says strange. this was worse than Hurricane <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> It'd be funny if his name was Andrew. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! I, I love I love this uh, stock photo of this guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen? Have you ever listened to any of the, like the silly songs with Larry and the Veggie Tales? Uh, I never grew up with Veggie Tales. I didn't grow up with them. This one for spot sneezing. It's figured. That's what it reminded me of. This I believe though. Squirrel steals lady's purse. I do believe oh. that they are ruthless. I have a story to tell you. Real quick, let's mm -hmm. put a pause on this. Mm -hmm. Okay, a good segue because it's a squirrel. So when I was in fourth or fifth grade, fifth grade, fifth grade, mm -hmm. I lived in Elmira, New York. Okay, and so when we were there, my brother would get—he um, was a year older than me. He would ride a bus and he would get dropped off at a place far from home. So I would walk out with him with my mom, and I would 
walk home with him. Okay. So I pick him up and walk back. Now I went this one time I went by myself and there was a squirrel with like a giant walnut just chilling there on the sidewalk. And I thought as a you know, a fifth grader, I'm just gonna chase the squirrel. Okay. And this this squirrel, when it saw me running after him, he decided to throw the walnut at me. <laughs> He's just like <laughs> and it hit it hit me with some force. And I was like, what the heck, man? What does the squirrel do? Anyways, that's my squirrel story. <laughs> Throwing a walnut at me. I feel like you should write these National Enquirer. Yeah, I'd be I'd be really good at it. Really good. <laughs> There's still a but this was real. That's a real story, though. This is not real. Oh, sure. <laughs> All right, next up. The devil's advocates. Okay. Oh, Satan Lord. captured by GIs in Iraq. <laughs> Devil, Devil and his minions have been stirring unrest. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Good to know. We, we found him. We found him, so we're, we're, we're good. Uh-oh. Watch out for this one. Abraham Lincoln was a woman. A woman. Shocking pics found in White House. What? <laughs> was John Wilkes Booth her jilted lover? Jilted lover. <laughs> I, th- I think we can safely say that Abraham Lincoln this was is, a this woman. This is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is my favorite. This is my favorite so far. All right, oh, on its last gosh. leg. Severed leg hops to hospital. What? Accident victim's runaway limb is reattached in seven-hour operation. What? Hey, ladies, control your man with voodoo. <laughs> what is all of this? This is ridiculous. Wow. It's a cr- Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Till breath do us part. Ooh, good pun. Hubby's bad breath kills his... <laughs> I tried to kiss her and she fell to the floor. floor. I have the worst morning breath. I have the worst morning breath. So I I feel, I feel this could actually happen. This This could be a real thing. Yeah. Oh, last one. Bat boy leads cop on three state chase. Hot pursuit of half bat, half man. What is that picture? (laughs) Oh, look at, and he's actually being like right there. He's right there. He's in the car. So it has to be real. Wow. This I yeah. I feel Wh- which one do you say life... is your, which one do you say is your favorite? Oh man. Can you like scroll slowly up and I'll tell yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. So probably man. <laughs> probably the bad breath one. Because I could I could see that right. actually being real. I'm gonna give a vote to that one. <laughs> and I'm gonna put also for me Abraham. You got you gotta support the articles. Yeah. Hey. There we go. That's good. okay. Uh, so I don't know if you have any more for timeline. I had the Keith Richards one. Let me share that one. I should we please, just move on? Please. All right. So me, I'll read it now. I've I've heard this actually before. I read this article, so this is something that I've I've seen before. So 2007. So April 3rd, 2007. I'm just gonna read it. Rolling Stones guitarist Keith Richards denied that he snorted the ashes of his late father. (laughs) So Jane Rose, Richards' manager, told MTV News the remarks were made in jest and she could not believe they had been taken seriously. Richards had said in an interview with the NME, he was cremated and I couldn't resist grinding him up with a little bit of blow. (laughs) But NME interviewer Mark Beaumont 
was convinced that Richards was not joking when speaking to him about the alleged incident. He did seem to be quite honest about it. There were too wow. many details for him to be making it up, he later told BBC <laughs> News. So then that massive rumor came out that, hey, he loves cocaine so much, he wanted to try with his dad's ashes. <laughs> I don't know how I could believe any of that. I, yeah, I can't even. But just, just the fact that this was a thing was like insane. It, it, insane. it, it gained like national. <laughs> so that happened you know, in 2000, uh, 2007. That man will never die. I know. He's literally immortal. I'm yeah. pretty sure he is. He's. I can't believe he's still alive. I'd say it's bad to say that, but the stuff no, that we, we don't mean through, it in a negative way, people. No, like, no, no, not at all. He's a legend. He's a legend. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm just surprised he's still he's still walking. I will trash him right now. I actually I actually think like in recent years he's become one of the most lazy guitarists. Like he is mm. he is such a good rhythm guitar player, and he like slouches like all the time to play. It's just I don't know. I I, I don't. It just doesn't look good. I but, think what you're saying is his age is catching up to him. Maybe he's starting to realize that too. Yeah, maybe. I uh, Probably, but that kind of debunks the whole immortal thing. But That's true. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm more of a fan of the other Stones guitarists. Mm, nice. Like Mick Taylor. Please look him up. Mick Taylor, best guy ever. Yeah, he's very good. He's very good. All what right, my, la- my last timeline. Uh, this one's a history one. Um Today, April 3rd, 1882, so it marks uh, uh, quite a big anniversary for the death of Jesse James, outlaw Jesse James. He was killed Mm. by Robert Ford, and Jesse James was only age 34, I think, Mm. early 30s. Um, So just to give you a little backstory about him, he sided with the Confederacy um, and what we know about the Kansas-Nebraska Act, uh, which divided that line pro-slavery, anti-slavery. And even when the Civil War ended, it was still divided, that area, mm-hmm. um, which prompted bank robberies by Jesse and his brother. Um, and they gained like national acclaim because apparently Jesse, he knew some guy in the um, Kansas City Tribune, I think it was, um, or no, Kansas City Times or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um Basically, he sent his letters to the, like an inn. He had an inn with one of the one of the editors, um, and he sent these letters so the public could read them. You know, it could make him into this type of Robin Hood figure, give to the give to the poor. Um, but then they had another bank robbery, which went like totally awry in like the early eighteen seventies. And then what ended up happening? They ran off him and his brother, and lived under assumed names settled down with their wives um and jesse was just like i'm gonna do another one i want to gain the public's attention basically again his brother wasn't for it back in yeah yeah get back into it get back to where you was <laughs> he missed the limelight you wanted to get back in exactly so he wanted that public attention once again and then he hooked up with robert ford mm. um and basically told them that his identity and Robert Ford, what he basically sold uh, Jesse James out and shot him in the back when he was working on like dusting off like a painting or something like that. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. Did he, was there like a reward on him or something? Is that why? Oh, he for, did it? I'm, I'm pretty sure there was. Mm. I, I wouldn't doubt it because of all the money that he stole. Yeah, it probably was a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. So his friend did him in. 
Actually, I don't really know how much friends that they were because oh. he didn't have his brother anymore or people that had a relationship like in previous bank robberies. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like Robert Ford like he, and uh, the other people that he was with, he kind of did it for convenience sake, but I don't know mm-hmm. that in particular. So he didn't have as well as a relationship, didn't know them as well. So I think that's what prompted. Um, maybe it seemed like he was desperate, but that's only my speculation. I see. I see. Crazy, crazy mm-hmm. stuff. He was a legend. He was a legend. You always hear about him when you learn about like old outlaws and yeah. all those the bank robbers and all that. Yeah. So now, was it like, did he do it because of because of racism or? I have of, no clue. I have no clue. clue. Uh, I didn't read anything about anything regarding racism. Oh, you're talking about Confederacy? Why he was? No, like why he? Because he said he was kind of like a Robin Hood figure. So what was his dream to like give money to? People? I'm not entirely sure. About that? I, I'm not entirely sure what he put inside of his look, letters. I couldn't look. Look it up and see. I guess we can uh, look it sometime. up. Look it up. Look it up. Oh, we do it right now. I mean, we could. Let's let's do it later because like I'm yeah, too yeah. too much pressure. Sure. Uh, or people in the comments, please, because uh, yeah. apparently we don't know anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> um, but apparent, but apparently the reason like he sided with the Confederacy is because. His brother, Jesse James's brother, was fighting, and Union soldiers came in and just basically tried to find out where his brother was and kind of tortured and uh, mm. his family a little bit, which prompted Jesse to fight alongside the Confederacy as well. I see. I see. Yeah, just kind of a negative scenario that pushed him in. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Entertainment. Where's the entertainment, guys? So what we want to talk about today, um, mainly... Josh and I watched this movie from the 1950s, one of the greatest movies of all time, uh, according to IMDb or whatever, one of those sites called Vertigo. Vertigo. Yeah, by the great Alfred Hitchcock. And Jimmy Stewart. And Jimmy Stewart, yeah, he was the bankable actor at that point in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess about this point in time, before... Uh, Vertigo came out. Al- Alfred Hitchcock already had a numerous movies, uh, such as Dial M for Murder. He had Rebecca also in his catalog already. Mm-hmm. Um, did, but did, when did he do? When did he do Psycho? Psycho was after, was I after. think. Um, uh, I think it was 1960. This came okay. out in 58. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah, let's go for that. <laughs> I won't look up things about Jesse James, but I'll look up. <laughs> I'll look up Psycho. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. But Vertigo. No, not psychology today. <laughs> it was amazing. The movie was was amazing, and I think for for both of us, it really brought us back into like you know. Oh, you watch it with Claire too? No, just just okay. by myself. Psycho <laughs> came out in 1960. Yep. 1960. You're so good with years. I'm so good with years. You're affirming that because you told me that last time, and I'm, I I believe that. I believe you're so good with years. But anyways. So what what was the thing that we wanted to like discuss with this after watching the Vertigo after watching it? What was your your thought? Well, my thought there's just there's so much to take in. Um, one thing like you see it like from the beginning of the movie is the Vertigo effect like with the camera like he mm-hmm. um, Jimmy yeah, Stewart's ca- Jim, yeah Jimmy Stewart's character you look in uh, like down to the ground 
And the way that they actually do that, it's called the push-pull technique or the vertigo effect, which was basically used at that point for the first time, mm -hmm. um, right from the beginning of the movie, when the character Jimmy Stewart has like this traumatic experience. He sees somebody die right in front of him. He's hanging off the the, the iconic moment. He's hanging off the, yeah, uh, the, the, gutter, light, the, the gutter, ledge. So. <clears throat> yeah, the gutter. Um, and fun fact, that technique first being used, it was later used in other movies. One particular one is uh, in Jaws when Chief mm. Brody and his wife are looking at the, uh, the kid getting eaten by, mm. uh, by the, the beast. Uh, it's like closing in on Chief Brody's face. That's the zoom technique where people uh, zoom, um, what do they do? The camera is like, they move the camera forward, but it zooms out. Mm. It makes that kind of like weird, yeah, uh, ha hazy like effect. And I think the way that Hitchcock kind of did that is when he was at a party a couple of years before then um he he was just he did this whole effect with the push-pull technique trying to s simulate what he felt when he fainted at a party oh wow. yeah um and it's and it's interesting and he tried to like emulate that with the camera and i guess he got his good result because it's been used ever since yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah that was great I, that was one of my favorite was how they utilized that mm -hmm. like, it was so cool because you think about you know the fact that this movie came out in 58 the special effects and yeah. stuff are very very different you know, very different than to have the you know computer generated you know all that stuff um so to use that as like how you feel things outside of just the dialogue and the emotions from the amazing acting and all that stuff is, was just neat it was neat yeah. like they used it perfectly to give you that sense of dread as if you were the one mm -hmm. that's falling. Because you know? they use it multiple times when he is uh, experiencing vertigo, because that's obviously a traumatic thing that happened in his life that made him delve away from his detective life. Right, exactly. So you kind of felt it too mm -hmm. as you're looking down ledges and seeing you know, the distance. of. Uh, yeah. It seems like Alfred Hitchcock was a pioneer in, insofar as using camera techniques to actually aid the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think of that way too with um, Citizen Kane. The first time I watched that, it was the same thing. Best movie of all like, time. Yep. Like the cam the camera work is is what really is the effect. You know. Speaking like how, of how Citizen, yeah. Speaking of Kane, um, mm -hmm. they had this list of like greatest movies of all time. Citizen mm -hmm. Kane being uh, basically number one. Vertigo surpassed that back in the eighties. I think Citizen Kane has oh. it again. I don't know that um, right now, mm -hmm. but. I would say Citizen Kane takes the bill because it started that because it came out in 1940. Way before. Yeah, yeah before. before yeah. yeah. And then 20 years later, basically, this movie came out. Yeah, over quarantine, Claire and I watched it for the first time and it was amazing. It I is like, amazing. It, it like really holds the test of time and it looks like, even like the shots and everything, mm -hmm. it looks like a modern day film, you know, yeah. with, with just the angles and like how they use this, that, the other thing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It was amazing. And that's why I, I kind of felt that way too with, with, with Vertigo. I remember like one of the very beginning scenes when they go to that Ernie's restaurant for the first mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. and it, the camera pans over from from Jimmy Stewart and you, the, there's this beautiful like melody in the music that's you know the film score I, I don't remember who did the music for this film mm -hmm. but it just pans over and you see the whole room and it like kind of zooms in on the you're table. talking about the red room yeah the red room yeah, yeah, yeah. they use they a lot of in. they use like the color grade is fantastic in that movie yeah, the really particular is. colors that stood out to me of course were the red uh, red room ernie's restaurant and mm. then also like the stale green that they use at like certain points of the movie mm. and also it, it just plays into our emotions too 
uh, I guess red could symbolize love and passion for the girl that he sees for the first time, Madeline. Mm -hmm. And then anger later, like yeah. some concept, you know. Um, and then I suppose that's stale green. I was kind of blanking on what this all meant at the beginning until I thought of it later. You know, you see at the beginning of the movie when he's first starting to spy on her for the husband mm -hmm. um, in the flower shop. And then you have the graveyard too. Mm -hmm. And then you see it kind of later on when Judy actually is Madeline coming out for the first time, that green apartment room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess that means like obsessiveness for Jimmy Stewart. I guess that means, you know, the death that is coming because it's in the graveyard too. It's right. the green is shown literally in the graveyard. Or we could flip it around too. And I, I remember the first time, you know, when everyone has to read the great Gatsby, it's like the green is like hope, you know, when he's looking out and sees the That's green true. light. And so you can kind of say that too, maybe like with, you know, Jimmy Stewart has the hope of making her into yeah. magic. But it, but it could be the underlining, it could be both too. Like that's what's gonna like a foreshadowing too, what's mm -hmm. gonna happen. But I could see how it'd be hope. I could. Mm -hmm, At first I thought like is the green symbolizing envy? Because they're using like a lot of green, but there's nobody to be jealous of. Right, right. Yeah, I love the the color green. I just remember the, the first scene you see Jimmy Stewart, his eyes like really pop, the blue eyes are like really, mm -hmm. really bright. Um yeah, yeah. So so what else? And what I, you, I think go ahead. Go ahead. Uh what would you say is the best scene in the movie? Oh man. Gosh, I'd have to think about that. I love, well, I think the beginning because it really sets the tone like right away. It's like what an action packed, oh, action packed just, beginning. Yeah, just to begin because then you immediately get the sense of like, oh, okay, this is, this is serious. So immediately a cop falls off, you know, um, the, the roof and dies, and you yeah. just get this sense of dread. The music is swelling and it's like really intense mm -hmm. um and then you you see where the roots of all this are, are kind of forming mm -hmm. and the, the fear um for, for jimmy's jimmy stewart's character mm -hmm. so i love that because it was like whoa like you just jump right in and then this like horrible thing time happens and you're like wow like this is what's going to set the tone yeah for the rest of this and then there was that scene with um when madeline and, and jimmy guess was john john Sc and john scotty, scotty. scotty. whatever they were in the sequoia forest they were in those, oh, the, the big yeah. the big red the big trees and she kind of reveals for the first time that like this you know looking at the rings in the tree trunk saying like this is when i was born this is when i died and like yeah. you kind of set in this like feeling of like whoa this is this is she is right she is so She's far gone trying yeah but it was all an of course act we know she was acting but yeah to be in that moment it was like oh like this is actually happening like you think that it's happening you know i would like, say she's that, actually possessed like yeah she's actually possessed and you actually believe that and mm -hmm. alfred hitchcock is a master at playing us yeah the deception it gets you yes. thinking one thing even though the reality is something different and that's then that's what like makes the best like if you can do that successfully that's how you keep audiences man mm -hmm. that's the same with christopher nolan he's the same way yep. he, like he, he makes you he subverts your expectations he thinks yep. you look at this thing over here and then bam it's actually complete opposite and like, oh yeah it's like what um, best scene in my opinion it was when judy or madeline she, she dyes her hair back to the, you know, the normal uh, blonde um and she is told to put on the gray suit um mm -hmm. you know she's walking forward you have that gr that green color scheme uh they embrace or let's just say they make out because they do uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> um the camera does this like surrounding shot of them and you know jimmy stewart he's obviously like still like in love with her or maybe the idea of madeline mm -hmm. um and you can tell he just he, he believes it's her in that moment 
Um, but then he like stops himself, like to just like double take a little bit. And he looks around and he's back where he was before Madeline dies. Yeah, in the stable. That's right. Um, it just shows like where obsession takes you, I suppose. Yeah, I, lo- exactly. I love that. Can I just say too, the actor, the actress that plays Madeline, she is beautiful. <laughs> do you know? Who, do you know? Do you know who it was supposed to be originally? Mm-mm. The girl who dies in the shower in Psycho. Oh wow. She was pregnant, so because oh, I think I think Alfred Hitchcock was sick, so she like timeline it couldn't work. Right, so right. it could have been her. I actually like this actress. I think she pulled it off better than. But I, I who's yeah. to say we know? She's great. She's great. She is beautiful. Yeah. Definitely. Just that, you know, like the 50s beauty, that nice hair and whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it. Now, I, I guess the thing that we have to talk about here is like, how, how does this um, compare to like the, the cinema of today, of like right now? Oh, and man. I, 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 whenever we like look back at older films, it's always so jarring to me. Like I always notice like such an intense difference between the stuff that we see. Um, yeah, because I feel like if we were to pick apart, like just like like say like we take a um, a big film that was released recently, mm-hmm. and you pick it apart, it's it's just not as much there as something like in you know like in Vertigo. There's not a much as much to analyze. Yeah, exactly. Um, not, I think so because like the the intention is not so much in the little details that I, the big effects that are happening. You know, movies around this time, I suppose, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, before blockbusters were a lot edgier as far as what they um, had to offer, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what you see is what you get for movies of today. Yeah, no, um, exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, the state of movies today, um, movies are a dying art form. And this is going to get me really heated. I'm going to be on a soapbox for a bit. Feel free to just chime in because I'm going to go on a tangent. You know, it's just, and and it makes me sad. Movies are a dying art form, just like opera. You know, uh, I don't really like opera, but I'm just making the comparison. Sure, no, yeah. And and at one time it was the peak. You know, opera was the peak of entertainment. Yeah, Um, and COVID accentuated this. You know, it'll it'll, movie theaters will be as dead as opera in short order, Mm. Um, because. If you look in the 1950s, or sorry, the 20s through the 50s, you know, what did they have in the movie theaters? They had their main event, you know, like you're gone with the wind, you're with Wizard of Oz, what have you. You had before that, you know, your cartoons for your kids, you had mm. news for adults, you had, you know, these short serials, these short TV shows, which I think Raiders of the Lost Ark was based on. It's like an homage mm-hmm. to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and then eventually in the, when people got their first TV in the fifties, you know, all that migrated, the TV shows migrated to there, you know, movies needed this spectacle, you know, you had your Ben Hurs, you had your 10 commandments, your, how the West mm-hmm. was one, these big movies. But I suppose like, to, this is just me analyzing the situation. It probably just got boring for a lot of people. So that's when these edgy movies like Vertigo, mm-hmm. Easy Rider, French Connection, all these are a different timeline, but like, all the exorcist um all these people that filled us with emotion all these characters that weren't just he's good and he's bad had morally ambiguous characters like madeline um Mm -hmm. from from vertigo it was awesome um morally ambiguous that's that's a good way to put it and then you know like uh what did i mention before jaws uh Mm -hmm. yeah your very first blockbuster you know fast forward to today um influenced by jaws you know and your star wars you have avengers you know which is basically cartoons on steroids i mean we like it (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah 
That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And then in the last 10 years, you know, streaming came up. Uh, All these big screens that we have in our homes are cheap. You know, in the 90s, did you guys have like a big screen in your family? We had a big, like big screen, which, you know, costs like thousands of dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember like, um, always tax time, then you get the refund and you go to the the Best Buy or wherever you get TV, Costco and um you know you'd buy the, that'd be the yearly thing you get a new giant tv for a couple thousand dollars or whatever it is that you can put in your your home yeah today they're much cheaper today they're not as bulky they're like you can get like a 63 inch for like 600 bucks at least at most and they're like weightless so like yeah you, they're like not even heavy anymore yeah yeah they would they used to cost like forty five hundred dollars like which is like seven thousand dollars today mm. isn't that crazy um you can set up your, you can literally set up your own theater. It's cheap. You stay home and streaming, you pay 13 to 15 bucks a month versus your uh, movie theater extravaganza going there um, from years and years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And think about what, the, what a theater is. You know, it's a, it's a dark room. It's a, a sensory deprivation room. Your attention is directed towards the front of the screen, nothing else. Um, you know, but now you can just stay home. You can stop it whenever you want. In the movie theater and never stop yeah and you have to think about it too like you you look at the industry today and, and what it does is it just kind of rehashes the same kind of ideas like and i've been saying this for a while that like you know we're such a nostalgic generation like all we all we want is what we had when we were kids and for them you know we see it you know with all the disney live action stuff and mm-hmm. the people remaking this that and like the, um you know remaking action films and remake all this stuff for, for this audience um and so in my mind it's like well you know, Disney Plus, for example, like everyone just wants to watch Disney stuff, you know. Um, so they're going to just go home and they can put on Disney Plus and then watch the film that they love watching and have continued to watch over and over again. Yeah, on um, repeat. Yeah, and then that's, they're getting their nostalgia right there as opposed to going to the theater to see this new thing. But now the fact that everything's going on to the streaming platforms is definitely changing the game. Changing nostalgia the game. is one of the most powerful emotions that we can ever yeah. have. And I think... Like it can be to our detriment, um, and yeah. I think I think a lot more people will go to the um, will, will go. They won't be available as much anymore. But some people who like really appreciate movies will want to go. So that's their nostalgia. Because um, right. uh, theaters, you know, you, you got a crowd of people. Like think about it, like a, a hundred people, like in the crowd. You know, there's this collective emotion mm-hmm. think about any horror movie i don't even care if it's a, a good horror movie because it's the same basic principle a comedy movie whatever mm-hmm. whenever you laugh it's with like all these hundred other people so there's this collective it, it's, it's powerful you know yeah. um even with complete strangers it makes like it makes you feel less alone it makes you feel like a bond with other people okay. community and, and, right we're talking about yeah. community that's, yeah. that's where we find it too and and you can't do that with when you just have you know your your wife your girlfriend your or your person's husband uh right next to you your, with your dog like it's just not the same uh yeah. if you're home um yeah. yeah i would agree and and i think that's kind of a problem with nostalgia right is it causes us to not want to experience new things or to like experience things in general like why don't i just keep sitting in this place and keep mm-hmm. going back to that place because of a, of a lack that I have, or maybe mm-hmm. I'm feeling lonely or I don't get fulfillment from my life and mm-hmm. different aspects and different ways, my job, my family, relationships, food, whatever it is. And so I'm going to keep going back to when life was good, but yeah. I remember I had no responsibilities. I had no, yeah. you know, whatever. So I'm going to keep, you know, hitting the spot over and over again. 
um, just to avoid the future or to, to escape almost. You know? Yeah. Let's go back to when life is, is better. And they're going to do and, that on that streaming platform. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to keep seeing that. We're going to keep yeah. seeing that. But the thing is, because that's what it's working. It's working. You yeah. Know, we're like the most, you know, mentally ill generation ever. And we're feeding and consuming more than any other generation. Mm. And they know that. And so they're just trying to see what we're consuming and they're going to keep rehashing the same stuff until eventually we say no with our pocketbooks, you know? I don't know how it, no, I don't know if it's different right now, but in October, I saw this article where these big movie theaters, Cinemark, AMC, uh, Regal, uh, furloughs up the wazoo and shutting their doors, you know, and a report of them running out of cash by the end of 2020. I don't know how it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that continues that trend, you know, the only theaters that are going to stay open are the small ones, uh, and they'll just play classics, which I don't have a problem with. Cause I like the, but you know, it's, it's sad. New, mo- new movies are going to go to the streaming services. Mm-hmm. It's just like opera in the 19th century, you know, back to that. It was awesome to go Mozart. He played for those because that's where the money was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still yeah. exists, but it's a thing for the, I think the rich, and I don't even know if they like that activity. It's just the rich do it. Yeah, I don't know. And and honestly, you don't hear about new operas. You know, people when people go, they see the ones that were famous and the classics. The yeah, the classics. You know what I mean? Um, and so there's there's something to that too. There's something to that too. Um, and I think I would be okay, okay with that. I mean, I'd love to go. I'd love to go to the theater. I love to watch movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something about that, like mom and pop plays that, you know does show classics and you know i guess it's nostalgic right yeah <laughs> people are feeling. gonna I, I will probably go because if that turns out to be the turn of events i will go because what did i see a few months ago um before this third wave i saw lord of the rings yeah i watched nice. the lord of the rings movies in theaters oh that's great man. actually that's no great. it was just it was just return of the king but it was awesome yeah i would love um, stuff like that yeah uh and i did not regret it like i I would be fine with that. Um, might save people money, but at the same time, um, I feel like so of- I, I should. I'm gonna step back a little bit and say like the nostalgia is a good thing. Like it is a good thing. It can because, be, yeah, yeah, it definitely can be. Um, and you know, because it does create new experiences in the sense of you're in a new place. Like mm-hmm. going to watch Return of the King in a theater you've never seen it in. Mm-hmm. Like and like experiencing that for the first time is awesome. Mm-hmm. And like I would, I would love that. Um, cause I never saw it in theaters, you know, I watched it at home, mm-hmm. you know, when it came out on DVD. So that would be pretty cool to experience that. And that would be a new, you know, new experience yeah. in itself. Um, yeah, so I guess that's all I can say about that. I don't know how I can make that into a, well, we made it into a positive note at the end that nostalgia is incredibly a beautiful thing. But at the same time, it can also lead us to and hinder. It, it can hinder our progress. And creativity thought. and creativity. You think about there's not a lot of new stuff out there. Like if we were to look at all of the the biggest films that are coming out, you know, the future big films, a lot of them just don't seem as new or as creative. It's it's played and, out. Yeah, and the ones that do are not the ones that are people are seeing. You know what I mean? We were kid when we were kids. On. We thought it was going to be like this forever. Right. Yeah. 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 But I love movies. I love I'm movies keep, too. And I'm, I'm gonna. Keep, I'm gonna keep it up. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Joseph. How about that? 
So, but one thing I wanted to say, and then we kind of like skimmed over. I think the cool thing about movies from the 50s and even 40s, the, the 60s, that kind of time period was there was such a huge emphasis on the actor and how they acted, the dialogue, the, the you know, the, the script, the emotion out of that aspect mm -hmm. was so important and so huge. Because like it, it wasn't so much there wasn't a shift on just like well look at these cool fight scenes look at these explosions look at the stuff that we've staged and created mm -hmm. and formed for you to impress your mind and mm -hmm. you know give you a dopamine kick but like look at the look at the the drama that's happening here that's unfolding through the discussions and through the emotions here you're seeing a man you know Jamie Stewart who's losing his mind over this obsession over this woman who he loved and lost and there's so much more to that mm -hmm. and just explosions of big, big fight scene you know mm -hmm. you feel for this character you're like wow like this you see like this descent like this human being is just falling into yep. madness yep and there's something about that it affects you more i think yeah than, than saying watching an explosion or whatever yeah you don't know i mean we know actors just because we know like their names but kids growing up they don't know who chris evans is they don't right. know um Anthony Mackie. I'm just I'm just saying a bunch of uh, stars from Avengers. They know Captain America. They know mm -hmm. Falcon. They know Black Panther. Right. Yeah. They know those superheroes. The you still have a few. You have a Robert Downey Jr. You have a Tom Cruise, but they're from an era where you still remember these people, and they they're banking off of their movies where you knew actors' names, mm -hmm. and that's going away too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And then I, even now, while you're just saying that, it makes me think of like, well, it's because these people are not really relatable. Like you nope. think about like the life of Captain America and you can't be Captain America, you know, you can't be this nope. massive guy that like can sprint as fast as a car and can throw, you can hold a helicopter. Like it's cool to see, but you can't do that. Nope. It doesn't look, it's not real. It's, you know, this like this reality that's removed and, and, and saying it's like a, an adult version of a cartoon Mm -hmm. like live action cartoons yeah you get that you get that because here you see these actors doing things that are not humanly possible you love it because it looks cool and like sure the effects are appealing but it removes that human element almost you yep. know what i mean because mm -hmm. like here you see a drama of like hum human and relationships and emotions that are deteriorating and you can relate to that mm -hmm. you can see this in people's lives and it's it's real mm. you know it's down to earth it's human I think what we need to do, it's easier said than done. We need to go back to movies that uh, are more grounded, like mm. literally strip it bare bones. Just mm. it's got to be between, yeah. it's, you got to start small. And you need, you need a Hitchcock, someone who can, who can do it and do it effectively. And know? I don't think studios will go for that anymore. Probably not. No. So it's up to the independent creators. Yeah. It's up to these people it. with their phones and hopefully that can be a new thing. Yeah, well, that one film was completely filmed with a phone. Did mm -hmm. you see that? Which like one? an iPhone. I forget now, but it was like a big, you know, feature film. Filmed but, on iPhone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please tell us in the comments what you think it is. Yes, please. And while you're doing that, hit that subscribe button. All right, yeah, hit that subscribe button. Feeling grounded podcast, and on Instagram, feeling grounded podcast, one word. We post on that quite regularly. And please, if you have any questions or criticisms, 
maybe we'll listen to it. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, to be to be determined. Yeah. Follow we'll pretend us. like we don't, but then deep down we'll be broken inside. <laughs> we we want that love and affirmation. So if you have that too, please uh, drop drop a like, drop a like, or drop a cue down uh, in the question, and we want to know. Yeah. yeah. If you have any questions for us, any comments, we will bring it up on our show. We're gonna totally address it in the questions or comments section yet to be put in here. Beautiful. Well, this was a great conversation, Joe. Love you guys. All of you people in the audience who just started watching us. Love you, Josh. Love you, Joe. All right, y'all. You got questions? You're feeling grounded. Love you guys. Bye.